Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming, host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. 
I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Hannah Stowe is the author of Move Like Water, My Story of the Sea. Hannah lives in Dresden, Germany, writing, painting, and sailing her own boat named Larry. FYI, it was recently a New York Times editor's pick. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Move Like Water, My Story of the Sea, a memoir. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to have you on. First of all, beautiful story in so many different ways. Can you tell listeners a little bit about why the memoir and tell them a little bit more about your whole, you know, aquatic existence, so to speak? (laughs) So I grew up in Pembrokeshire in West Wales, which is a peninsula. So it's surrounded by the sea on three sides. The weather there is quite a big factor of living there. So you get these really strong southwesterlies, which is a tropical maritime wind, which blows, I guess, northeast. So sort of from the Azores up towards the UK. And it's this like warm, wet wind that brings kind of this whole salt slick with it. So I kind of grew up being quite immersed in the water, whether you wanted to be or not. So it's Britain's only coastal national park. So the marine life there is really abundant. And what, growing up there, I kind of took it for granted because you just think that's normal and that's what everyone experiences. But I'd walk on the coast path and there'd be like seals in the water and breeding on the beaches. And I'd watch them have their pups every year and probably early summer. There'll still be some late pups being born now, even though the autumn storms are starting to sweep in. Growing up there, I just was really like the marine life was all around you. And I guess that was sort of coupled with my upbringing. And then when I got towards the age of well, from 16 onwards, I do remember feeling like this huge itch to like, travel and adventure and explore. And I just got obsessed with the idea of seeing what was over the horizon. Um, so I started working on a tourist boat when I was 18, which did trips around Ramsey Island, which is a RSPB reserve, which is a charity for birds in the UK. So I started working there, but really soon afterwards started sailing. And my first sort of big breakthrough was on a boat off the coast of Canada, which was a sailing boat. And we were doing research for someone's PhD on northern bottlenose whales. I was there to sail the boat, but doing the research was really amazing. It's definitely like a, was really a life-changing trip. So afterwards I started studying marine biology And then I combined the two things. So working as a sailor and studying marine biology. So I ended up doing sort of cetaceans like whale, dolphin and porpoise research based off sailing boats. And I was having all these experiences, which were really wild to me. It was like living in Blue Planet or like some nature documentary, but also so removed from anything anyone in my family had done. So I was writing these letters home all the time. So it sort of came from there 
And then also another scientist that I was working with, I used to keep these journals, um, which were like research and yes, travel journals. And I used to illustrate them and it was just for me. But one day I was going through one of them and he saw it and he was like, what are you doing with this? Like, you should publish this. And then that's kind of how it started. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Tell me what the rest of your family, when you were writing the letters, tell me about that and nobody else was interested in what lurked beyond the horizon? I think they were very interested. But if I go for my mother's family, like my grandmother was from the most working class family, which I think is like blue collar is the equivalent in the US. So she left school at 14 to work because she had to. And then, you know, she's she doesn't have a passport. She's never left the UK. I think she, she sort of lived within her horizons. My mum's an artist and illustrator and writer also, but she sort of went a bit further. And then I feel like she sort of expanded this sphere a little bit. And then just in how she brought me up, I think she really just gave me the confidence to like, or delusion <laughs> to do whatever I felt like I wanted to do. And I feel like, you know, my mum's uh, lived on the coast. Like she, she lives where I grew up, but she's never been to sea in the same way. She's never like been out of the sight of land. And it's something that she'd really love to do. She hasn't been hugely well in the last few years, but she's just had a surgery and recovery. And one part of that is going to be uh, her coming on my boat with me and we're going to take her on an adventure. Oh, that's so nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I loved what you wrote about all of your work and all of that. And what really hit home for me and that I couldn't stop thinking about was your own personal physical journey, your injury, your recovery, your relationship to pain, mm -hmm. and the way you wrote through that, which I found incredibly gripping. And just, I felt so badly for you and was like, oh my gosh, get another opinion. Like I wanted to leap through the book and get you to the right hospital and all that. Can you uh, talk a little about what happened and where things went wrong, what you would do differently? I don't know. Maybe, not that you could have done anything differently. It was the system, of course, but just so frustrating that this happened to you and how you feel about the whole thing. Yeah, it's quite wild. So I had a spinal injury in 2017, I think around six or seven years ago. I was surfing and I basically, my back got squished by a wave and I knew I'd hurt myself, but I didn't really know how much. And I always thought like a spinal injury would be super traumatic and you wouldn't be able to walk, which in some cases is the case, but in other cases it's not. And I knew something was wrong with me, but I kept going to doctors and I kept being really dismissed. And I mean, one doctor just... She didn't even do any physical examination of me at all. She just said, well, you look really healthy. And I'm like, yeah, because the problem's in my spine, like not in my face. Oh my gosh. I think this is a global problem, but I think I only really know about like, the UK healthcare system, but it is not set up for women to be believed with conditions they have. It's almost like you have to prove how bad things are for you to just get basic care. and you know, this doesn't really seem to be getting any better. But basically, I had a fractured of vertebrae, I had a herniated dehydrated disc. And I had one surgery when they eventually took it seriously, they I basically went from being told you're fine, go away, to oh, you actually need surgery, like straight away. And um, which was quite a, <laughs> I don't know, I think part of me knew that, but it was also quite a shocking experience. I think I was 23 or 22 like very early 20s 
And it's just not something that you expect to experience. And the funny thing is, I was never... When I started writing the book, I wasn't 100% sure how much I was going to talk about it, just because it still felt like quite a raw experience for me and like quite a lot to unpick and unpack. But while I was writing the book, I'd only written one chapter and I actually re-injured my back again, which was only because it was never actually fixed properly the first time. So even after I had these like very invalidating experiences, I started going back to the surgeon who did my surgery and just saying I didn't feel right. And he said, well, I can't see what the problem is, which should have been I can't see what the problem is so I'm going to investigate and find out but it was it made me feel like oh maybe I'm the problem so I re-injured my back and all I did to re-injure it was I was just turning over in bed and I was really lucky because I just finished a really long sailing trip and it would have been so like catastrophically bad if it happened like a week before so while I was writing the book I actually ended up you know my previous experience was definitely the worst experience of my life and I didn't expect it it happened again. And then when I realized that is what was happening again, that was quite a jarring moment. But I think it was good for the book because it sort of let me re-explore for the first time. And then while I was writing the book, I ended up getting a second surgery. And that has been a really positive experience. It's completely fixed now. I have a great neurosurgeon who actually was the first person to apologize to me. He was the first person to take into account like female hormones and how they affect your back and flexibility and things like that and it just seemed crazy to me that this is the first person who's even considered this as a you know if you have like a monthly cycle which you're gonna have for a really long time is the first person who's actually considered how that will affect mobility and things like that so how does it affect mobility so if you're menstruating like around that time you will be more flexible and I was always way more prone to hurting myself like in those periods because I'm Mm. hypermobile anyway and then it was like causing more problems without really knowing to sort of take that down. So does that mean during those times now you're a lot more careful? Yeah, well, I'm actually having a baby like next month. Oh no, that's amazing. So I have all of the relaxing. And I, I was worried about like my joints through this process, but just knowing to be really careful, um, I've been completely fine. So it's great. Congratulations. That's really exciting. <laughs> Can I read a passage or two about when you got hurt and your relationship to pain and healing and all that? Mm-hmm. So when you hurt yourself, I just wanted to read when this happened. For a minute, I was going carried along with the wave. And then without intending to, I pulled back. I didn't feel in control of my body. It was too late. And the wave took me with it anyway, tumbling head over heels as the crest broke, surfacing, gasping for air, eyes and nose streaming. I grabbed for my board and tried again, again, again. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get it together. I was never in the right place. Up was down, down was up as I was tumbled over and over. The water no longer held me. It threw me, a cat playing with a mouse. I did not know this water. I did not know this self. My pulse was racing, my breath fast, shallow, panicked. My chest felt like it was being pressed inwards. I knew I needed to get to the shore and started to paddle. A large wave caught me from behind. I hadn't heard it coming. The noise inside my own head suddenly too loud for me to hear the water. I couldn't even fathom trying to ride it as the water crashed. It jarred me down hard into my board and held me there. My eyes stung with tears. I was burning, lungs, back, ankle. I was rolled over and over until the water shallowed and I was unceremoniously dumped on the shore. Wow, you're like in it with you reading that. Does it feel weird to just hear it or do you like immediately feel like you're in it again? 
so I that chapter of the book I've only read it to edit it like I've never read it as a whole and I think like I wanted to write it in like, the way that it was and I feel like if my writing's ever good it's very immersive but if that means I'm also there too so mm-hmm. trust my editor a lot both my UK and US editors are just absolutely great and I sort of I trusted them to tell me if anything was there that shouldn't be there but when I was asked to read the audiobook I did say no because I don't think I'd be able to get through that chapter oh yeah although your voice is amazing I could just listen to you speak ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All day. Okay. So this is your response later to pain. This is just how you had to walk differently. My walk was slow with a slight limp as I tried to keep up. My friend's regular gait always half a step in front of mine. That half step seemed like a mile. It felt as if I was watching everyone else walk on with their lives while I fell behind. I tried to walk down to the water as much as I could. There were good days where I could make it and stare out over the winter sea. And I would remember my why why I was still studying, why I got out of bed each day. There were bad days too when the walk was too far or too depressingly difficult. I felt like I was being given more and more to deal with, a tightrope set higher and higher. And yet all my methods of finding balance, running, swimming, yoga, walking, all of my safety nets were being pulled away. The one thing I did still have were pens for my hands, paint, brushes. Every night I poured out all the things I could never find the words to say out loud, pages and pages written to myself, pep talks, the things I was grateful for. I couldn't sail anymore. I could hardly stand on dry land, let alone on the swell of the sea. I couldn't venture offshore into the world of the whale. So in my little room, I painted it, the seas, the stars, the skies, the spray. Really beautiful. You're a beautiful writer. When I started writing, like I think, I think, most people write when they're a kid and then I'd stopped and then yeah started again at that point so <laughs> yeah and what about the actual painting temp like do you are you still doing that how much does that help with your 
narrative and like creativity in general? Yeah, I think I'm quite a visual person and sometimes the images come first. So um, the book first came out in the UK and for the UK edition, like I ended up... Wait, hold up the cover of the UK edition. I went, oh, beautiful. So for people listening, the US cover is more illustrated, almost like a watercolor of a whale with drops and birds and a boat in the back and very, you know, move. I, I can't explain anything. This is why I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the UK cover is much more visual and like a white background, navy bottom with just this giant whale bursting out of the water. Yeah. So this is a humpback that I painted and this one's also illustrated. And I think the images came first. It's just another way of communicating, isn't it? I think Sometimes you have to be like almost smarter than using words because you are trying to, and I think it's also, I like having the words and the images together. I think just because it's nonfiction, it doesn't mean that you have to sort of separate these two things. Yeah. But with regards to like actual painting, I was doing the cover for the book UK one right before my second surgery, which I probably shouldn't have done. And it was really painful to do it. So I've had like a bit of a mental block around painting since for over a year, which is, kind of frustrating and I'm hoping I will get through it at some point. But. Oh my gosh. Is there a, a place where you have all the all the illustrations? Well, I've actually just put them on. I have just finished redesigning my website. So I just put them on yesterday. So yesterday. Yeah. Okay. One last paragraph. This is about healing. I have since had a lot of time to reflect on healing. I now know that recovery is rarely like any of the triumphant comeback stories that are portrayed in the media. The reality is a visceral, gritty struggle of progress, uncomfortable lessons, and setbacks, and it is unclear when the process ends. For me, there was the physical side of healing, the side that needed surgery, a side that five years later means I still need injections in my spine and I will always need physiotherapy. And now, of course, we know you had a second surgery. Okay, (laughs) but there is also the mental side, which is less often spoken about as well as the part where physical and mental combine. For me, I think healing is like a garden. You have to choose the right location for the right plants, the place where they can grow. You must provide sunlight, water, and nutrients. You must prune with a gentle hand and rip out any weeds that will inhibit and stifle. It is not a linear process. It comes in cycles, in seasons with dormant periods. And you need to give it time, which was the hardest thing for me to understand. The pace of my life had always been extreme. I had reached out for anything I ever wanted, worked for it until it was mine. I did not understand how to be slow, how to be still. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so hard for anybody to just like take their normal life and and be like, oh, okay, so this happened and now I have to change everything and I'm reliant on this for my mental health and my physical health and now it's all gone and it's out of my control. I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting. No, I think, um, well, the so so like from that part, yeah, I didn't know that I was going to have the second surgery and yeah, I actually found out that I was definitely going to have it like the week after I handed in the manuscript. So yeah, it was quite strange timing. But I think that, you know, when you think about like difficult things, and if you would have the time to do it again, like you're hardly ever given that chance. And that's one thing I am really pleased with my with my second recovery is I have just given myself so much time. Like I gave myself a year before I started saving again. And just, I don't know, I think you just have to trust in that process. I'm actually about to finish work for like maternity leave, which is really difficult because I know I'm going to have to turn down things in that time that I will want to do. And it's so hard to like trust that they will come around again. 
but I'm really trying to lean into that and yeah just trusting that things will come up at the right time and taking the space because you can never get the time back Mm -hmm. well you may feel differently once you have the actual baby I'm just gonna (laughs) gonna throw that out there (laughs) things might not seem quite as enticing as they seem now Mm. or maybe more so so I don't know everyone (laughs) experiences differently but you know this is going to sound ridiculous, but you're so young. You have your whole life in front of you. But seriously, there are going to be 8 million other opportunities. And you're very, very talented, obviously, in many ways. So I have no doubt. This is what I think. Like, there is no rush in life. Like Sometimes you're sort of made to feel like you have to do this and this and this by like a certain age or whatever. But that's been my biggest change like, recently. Like There's no rush. There's no rush. You already published a memoir. What, how yeah. old? 28, 29. How old are you? 29. 29. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're ahead of the game. (laughs) (laughs) I finished it like the end of, in the end of the book, I'm 25. And I was like, it's kind of a weird thing to do, like (laughs) writing memoir at 25. Well, I mean, I think memoir has changed a lot. It used to be, you know, basically like autobiography, like Mm. memoir of my whole experience. Now it's just a a long personal essay, essentially. It's sharing a piece of your life that's really important Mm. and you don't necessarily need to do it at any age. I mean, I will say it took me until I was 46 to publish my own memoir, but (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Well, it's like I had all of it in my head and now it feels a lot better that it's not in my head (laughs) somewhere else. Yes. It's uh, very therapeutic. So are you writing anymore in your I know you're not painting but what mm-hmm. creative outlets are are you using at the moment yeah so I'm actually like contracted for my second book at the moment which is going to be about the female history of seafaring which I think uh kind of so it's non-fiction again and like this has been I mean there's two things when I pitched the book this wasn't the plan but I think it's gonna have a element of motherhood and how that's going to be in that sort of transition in my personal narrative in the book along with yeah looking at some of the sort of pioneering women in the past who've gone to sea and changed that landscape whose stories we don't necessarily get told um so it's going to be a lot of digging around in maritime museum archives and some travel and hopefully some sailing for me as well so that's the plan amazing what advice would you have for aspiring authors um well I would like to give this to myself but it's like don't take things too personally like you don't need everybody to like your work you need one acceptance you don't need 10 Mm -hmm. and then I think just find your own way like I always read things saying oh you should try and write five minutes every day but my writing actually gets worse if I do too much so like just find what works for you yeah and I think have to just be a bit thick skinned. <laughs> Is there a place in the world, body, water, someplace you are longing to explore? Yes, yeah, South China Sea. And that's going to be hopefully the sort of central ground of my next book. So I'm planning, <laughs> I don't know, I'm planning trips, but I'm, I don't know when it's going to manifest itself right now because obviously I'm about to have this huge change in life. So yeah, we'll, we'll get there somehow, some way, somehow. Yeah. You will, you will not be moving like water. You will be moving no. like a very slow glacier <laughs> with like a thousand penguins on your back. <laughs> Something like that. Hannah, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books, especially as a soon-to-be mom yourself. Mm. And uh, thank you for sharing your pain, your healing, 
your experience. I feel like you're going to be one of these famous like examples of like the modern day woman sailor. I, I feel like I'm going to see you on the cover of Time Magazine in like 10 years and be like, I interviewed her. <laughs> Yeah, I'm up for it. My phone, I'm I'm just I'm just at home a lot of the time, like hanging out with my cat. So, you know, I never used to take any time off and now I have full time and yeah, I'm working it out. <laughs> there are different seasons of life. This is just yeah. as you well know from your book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations. Lovely chatting. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.